Hello and welcome to Neurodiverse Noise. I'm here today with Sam today. Hey, Megan. I was just going to ask if you wanted to say hi. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Not wrong, bro. Hey, everybody. It's good to be here. So, um, nice, nice. Thanks for having me on, man. Of course, of course. Um, was there anything you wanted to say to the audience before we got started uh, into the sure, questions? I'll give, give you a little introduction of myself. So, hello, everyone. My name is Sam Mitchell. I run the podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls. And it is about autism and how we cope with daily struggles that you may or may not understand. I rant since October 2019. I'm nearing 13K. No, how much? I lost count. Uh, 13K downloads. I've had major guests on the show, such as Dr. Temple Grandin and Mick Foley along with many other guests, and I get to be a sponsor for many places. I get to be a vendor for certain places, and I've done some motivational speaking. I've spoken in Orlando, Oklahoma, and Canada. That is really interesting. I wasn't exactly aware of the scale that Autism Rocks and Rolls really was on. That's really amazing. Do you want to tell us more about that? Yeah. So we're supporting um, all needs, so from the high support needs to the low support needs. So, I mean, we we definitely try to have a variety. We make it very inclusive because it's not just about autism, it's about mental health. And my experiences through that, I've had a lot of anxiety and depression throughout my life. So try to get as inclusive as possible. Yeah, that's amazing. How did you come up with, like, the idea to start a podcast? Was it just on a whim or were you, like, putting a lot of thought into this? Well, it started through a hobby through my high school's media club. And I really fell in love with, like, Thundercast. That was kind of like the free autism rocks and rolls but i decided to start my own podcast and that was when autism rocks and rolls was born that's awesome were you out in your high school did people know you were autistic or was it more of a yeah, like i'm gonna keep my, this they to they myself knew I was autistic from like get-go like kindergarten and my school years which was <laughs> i think very um has it has its pros but it could also be very detrimental but it has ups and it's you know sunshine moments well, I am glad that you found um, a community with Autism Rocks and Rolls. I know how hard that can be. I know I personally struggled to find myself before realizing I was neurodivergent. What kind of challenges did you face with starting Autism Rocks and Rolls, if any? Um, well, I mean, I had a hard time, like, not getting the equipment, but finding the right equipment I got through a birthday. So that wasn't really the main issue. But it was just, like, starting and figuring out it was growing. So we didn't start right away because what initially happened was I was expecting it to be a hobby, like few hits on there, whoop-de-doo, 17 listeners a day, yay. But what I didn't know was, crap, this is growing. <laughs> I'm getting sponsors now. So I decided we had to have a, like a family meeting of, okay, do we want this to grow or not? And that's probably one big challenge as I had I didn't think of. And now think of it as like, oh, my God, is this growing? Do we fight the growth or do we go with the growth? Yeah, it seems like you chose the path of going with the growth, with which, in my opinion, would be the correct choice because it seems like you are really helping people with the the voices that you're able to amplify. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. It's kind of funny. It's changed. So, um, it was initially being like destigmatizing autism, and that was that was cool. It's grown into like keeping that part but now in the year 2023 i think we need to focus on being kind so that's kind of another part of the mission and avoid bullying all that stupid stuff but then what i like and my favorite part is success for all let me explain what i mean by this so i think i i like this in two ways so the first way is getting the mail and owning a limo and you know 
common interaction with the paparazzi with the red carpet. They equal each other out. That's the first view I have. And the second view is no matter what your looks are, you don't know that person if they're successful. Case in point, one of my guests, Tommy Stevens. If you look at him, you think he's an ex-convict because he is tattooed all over, head to toe. He's basically basically just tattooed. He looks like a hardcore, like you think he went to prison. He's even admitted himself. He made a comment on Cutthroat Kitchen where he said, I've only been arrested eight times. But he was, you know, kidding when he said that. But what if I told you when you talked to him, he was the nicest person alive. And a really like just a good buddy to hang out with. That is a very powerful thing. Looking at someone and saying, I don't know this person is like one of the things that I feel like more people should do in their lifetime, not just assume, oh, well, this person has tattoos, so they're, they've been arrested. Like you said, that's an example. But also people make a lot of assumptions about people's looks in general, and I think that's a very powerful thing to want to unpack that and make people think twice before judging. Oh, hands down, hands down. Hands down, my friend. I mean, I know the way I think they probably would look at me like I want to be successful. My they, I mean, society itself. But look what I'm doing. Even with the ones with higher supporting needs or middle supporting needs, even though they're in this autism facility and get extra help, they're still doing something great, in my opinion. They're going something. They're taking the initiative. I respect that. So you said you talked about success a little bit, and I wanted to touch more on that. How do you define success? Like if you had to put a definition to your or success in general, how would you define that? Doing what makes you happy. Well, let me try that again. I kind of stuttered. Doing, doing what makes you happy and you're you're getting the work done. Like this podcast, your podcast, or let me ask you, are you doing something other than this podcast? Or... Yes. Yeah, I'm in school full time. Okay, that's right there. That's 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 another answer right there. I, I am too. So um that's um something I have in common, but we're like mine there. But that's what I'm talking about right there. We're doing something, we're taking a step into finding a job or success because not because you don't have to, but because you want to. I get there are some things we have to do for success because we have to. But I'm talking about doing the things like we want to. For example, in senior year, I took like a CEO class. The more and more entrepreneurship, like true entrepreneurship. Well, the problem was I had to get up at 5 a.m. And I was okay with doing that. But I did that because I didn't have to, but I wanted to. Yeah, I think a lot of the way that society is built is about obligation and having to do things. I think definitely success is doing what you want to do versus like a nice balance. A balance is nice. Definitely having something that you can look forward to while also doing the things that are like necessary. I definitely agree with um, that sentiment and that whole idea that like if you're not doing what you love, then you're not necessarily successful. You could be the richest person in the world, but if you're not someone who's happy with life or doing things that you actually want to do, then honestly, sometimes it just feels like what's the point if you don't enjoy it? Yeah, I agree with you. And some of the stuff is stupid, though, that we look at, in my opinion. I had to pick on my grandfather, but he has a, I don't know why they call it, they call it jail tattoos. Like we have on your fist, like, you know, J-O-E. Why are we looking at that? It's a tattoo. Whoop-de-doo. 
Yeah, um, I actually have some tattoos myself. I've never understood why people judge people based on tattoos. I feel like it's just self-expression. I feel like that doesn't really necessarily talk to, speak to the contents of your character. Yeah, or I mean, I'm thinking on you again, but it's only because I, it's a good example. You have red hair, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, it doesn't really affect my ability to do anything, but some people would see it that way. Some employers would make me dye my hair black or some other yeah, natural that's color. Stupid. That's a part of you. Who cares? You get you can get the work done. Very true. How did you, how do you feel or what do you find was a driving factor in your success on your podcast? Like what do you think was the reason why it blew up the way it did? That's a great question. And truth be told, I don't know. But if I had to assume, maybe if I maybe it was the timing. And I guess maybe I was at the point where more people were becoming accepting and I was just kind of, you know, polishing it up. So that could be a reason or possibly that maybe because people have the sympathy. I've heard a lot of times in my life, oh, you're autistic. I'm so sorry. Well, maybe because of that reason, and while I'm trying to get rid of that, that may have been the reason why it grew up so big. Or it could just be my words of persuasion. I, I don't, like I said, man. I wish I could give you a better answer than that, but I really honestly don't know it. Like I told it was just unexpected though it grew. And I was very happy that it did, but just whew, very unexpected. It could have been the fact that I promoted it a lot and I never shut up, shut it up about it. So like I said though, man, I don't know. That's definitely understandable. Sometimes success happens out of the blue and you're not really sure what's going on with that. Um, I think... I think a lot of it could could have been marketing because I do see you have a lot of um, like posts on your Facebook page and stuff like that. Definitely go check out uh, to the audience. Go check out the Autism Rocks and Rolls Facebook page and the podcast. I think it's really amazing that you're working to destigmatize this very stigmatized neurodivergence that people like to think they know a lot about when they really don't. So I think that's like the whole "I'm sorry that you're autistic." That that's always rubbed me the wrong way or the just the stigma around it and the in the in general is not something that I feel should have ever been a thing. But I feel like in the year 2023, we really should be accepting of people of all abilities, of all like everything, of all existences, of all ways oh, I, of life. Sorry, you were talking and it reminded me of a story. It's a good one. You were talking about this, and this is you'll be very kind of I don't know if you say happy, but this you'll know why you're doing this, and this is why you're on this podcast. So I was young at the time and I was the first time in my life I had to pay for my pay for the groceries, right? Well, I'm terrible with money, terrible at math. Like throw I can do two times two probably, that's it for you. But anyway, um, I was fumbling with the money and because I was nervous, you know, I wanted my mother to come and save me. Like, come on, like mom, help me out here. But she threw me the lion's den almost, and I wasn't mad at for it, but she kind of I think she did for a good reason. But she threw me the lion's den almost, like, hey, you have to learn this. And the woman behind me, and there was a line fully, so you can imagine people were getting impatient. But those, th there was a lady, and she was not a mean person. You could tell. because She asked, and I quote, does he have a brain injury? Now, initially, we were like uh, put off by it. Like, that's none of your business. But we decided, okay, let's tell her the real story. Let's tell the education. And after that, it made sense. But that's what it had to take. And I'm not saying there was a riot going back on there. No, 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 no. And that lady wasn't a mean lady at all. No, I could tell 
know, she was just wondering. She was curious. And you could look at it like minding your own business. But I look at it as, oh, I'm happy you asked. Let me tell you about it. I feel like there's a level of um, expectance and like expecting you to feel obligated to give an answer. But at the same time, I feel like it's better to give an answer than to be snarky about it sometimes, because what you're what you're doing is educating people when people do ask questions like that. Well, they may not have the right to ask that or question it. It's like, okay, I have this opportunity to say to let you know what I'm capable of and say, oh yeah, this is this is what is happening right now. This is how my brain works differently than yours. And I feel like um, I may have handled those situations differently years ago when I was first discovering myself and discovering that I was neurodivergent. But now as an adult, I would definitely have told her it, I'm autistic and I think you did the right thing while educating and not having the response that you would have had every right to have. And been a bit right. upset and like, probably the reason why was she wasn't mean about it that was probably the reason what saved her because you know she, i think there's a snobbish way you could have done that there would have been a snobbish way you could have asked does he have a brain injury what's going on here but she was just nice about it and one nice about it and just wondering and i didn't see a problem with that i mean wondering is what makes life great there are definitely a lot of questions out there that people dared to ask which started change so i definitely think that like asking questions sometimes and educating people can be like the beginning of change do you think in any way that your success is defined differently than other people's i mean i would say so yeah because when you think success they think oh my gosh the white house they think paparazzi they think movies and running your own company well you're right that is success i'll give you that but they're not acknowledging the people on the other side of the fence who are in autism clinics, who are living at home, and the employees are the custodians, even, at school. They don't get a lot of acknowledgement, I feel like. Cafeteria ladies at school, not a lot of acknowledgement. They, When they look at that, they think, oh, okay, cool. I'm like that, like, whoa, that's pretty big. Yeah, I feel like... Like you said, everyone has their own idea of success, but not everyone acknowledges like the smaller versions of success. Like you said, the lunch lady, the janitors, they're still successful in their lives. They're still living. They're still doing what they need to do and like being, I hope, happy with their lives. I feel like everyone, I feel like success for me personally would just be being stable and happy. And as long as that's what you have in your life, then I don't see why success has to be CEO of company. I don't see why it can't be. Yeah, Heck, man, I, I couldn't imagine serving a bunch of food to kids or clean up a whole entire school building. I can barely clean my own room. Yeah, I am definitely the same. I can barely keep everything in my mind straight enough to keep clothes off the floor, let alone cleaning up after this ginormous school. So I definitely, I'm, I am with you there with the struggling to see how these jobs, how I could do these jobs, but definitely being grateful for the people that do do them because they are a necessary part of society that people don't always see or acknowledge, like you said. Yeah, and it, I don't know if you watched the show, but have you heard of Dirty Jobs before? I, I've i heard Mike of the Rowe. show. I've heard of the show, but I don't think I've uh, watched it. Well, I'm not saying it's a show to look at, and it, I checked out a couple episodes, but I appreciate them a lot because, man, whew, they're dirty, and some of them don't get paid a lot, but they're doing it. 
yeah that is definitely a lot of the jobs that people do are admirable but not for me I'm definitely not someone to go get my hands dirty at work just because I feel like that's not something that I could personally be successful with with my sensory needs it just wouldn't be very um realistic I guess long term but people need to do those jobs and it's very it's a it's amazing that people find a way to do those jobs and like still take care of themselves and be like okay i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna enjoy my life yeah it's it's hard to do sometimes though when you work longer hours than you are at home yeah but it makes it better if you like the job i will say that i'm not trying to say you know pick passion over money all the time No, no 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 there's a lot of people out there i'm giving an example my father he's an electrician and it's definitely had some rough days. I mean, rougher days than pretty days, more rough days than pretty days. I mean, it wasn't like the worst job alive, but he, it was rough, but it paid him well. My mother picked the passion because she's a teacher, actually. She teaches um, English, and she and teachers don't make a lot enough money, which I think is completely bogus, but she picked the passion over the money. If you could pick pa- both, that's even better. But if you have one or the better, that's great too. As long as you're succeeding every day, going to work, and doing something all day, no matter what that is, if that is even just writing the name for a coffee cup, that's saying something. So I want to go back to um, your success on your podcast and ask you, do you think there was anything you would do differently in the beginning of your podcast, knowing what you know now about how successful you would be? Um. Well, let's see. That's a good question, actually. I've never been asked that before. So um, I actually got to give me a minute to think about that. Hmm. Of course, yeah. Um, I would say maybe market it a little more. And this is another firm belief, but believe in myself maybe a little more with it because I'm the type of person who... This is awful, but this is just how I am. I think worst case scenario, you know, I mean, with the anxiety of saying, oh my gosh, you know, this ain't going to be successful, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was, and as I told you with this, it wasn't worst case scenario. I just expected a few hits in there. And I did not believe this would have grown. If you would have told me when I, for my first episode, hey, you're going to get sponsors, you're going to get speaking engagements, you're going to go travel, I would have laughed in your face because I thought, okay, you know, this is online. That's great but it can only affect so many people. And with the way I am and the way I'm wired and they don't understand how I talk sometimes, it may not comprehend. And all these other thoughts that were just processing. So I wish I would have said, okay, you know what? I'm going to do as this hobby. And if it grows, great. If not, you know what? I'm at least doing it. I'm happy. Not all this. Oh my gosh, it's probably will grow, whatever, whatever, you know? And I, and I was still doing it because I loved it as personally. But growing it professionally, it'd be like, eh, not for sure. This could happen, this could happen, this could happen. Do you have any tips for me and my podcast, or maybe even someone else out there listening today that might have some similar idea? Do you have any tips for podcasting in general? Well, for for a person who likes the Facebook page, apparently, I recently put a mock speech on there about podcasting. So feel free to check that out. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, definitely. Um, but I would say um, there's a lot of tips you can do, and I talked about how to grow. But the one thing that I wish I would talk about more during that mock speech was using the marketing skills, or as I call it, never shut up about it. Because now what I've learned 
is online podcasting is great and doing is great online because you can hit a whole wide audience, but online marketing it stops somewhere. There's a stopping line at the end of the route. With in-person marketing, you could go to anyone for days. The same person might go around, but if you go, so there's a lot of people in this world, in-person marketing, you could tell every stranger about it. You can't tell, obviously, everyone, like because there's a billion people on the earth, but you could go everywhere and tell them, hey, I have this podcast, hey, I have this podcast, hey, I have this podcast, 24-7, and to, to complete strangers. I also start the people you know, family, and your buddies, but you got to go strangers if you want to expand your audience in person which I know can be, can be very scary, but it's something I have to do if I want this to grow. And that's probably why I did the podcast is the passion took over the fear. That is definitely something interesting that I've found about marketing is the in-person aspect. I haven't tapped into it myself. I'm very socially anxious in person. I'm not good at eye contact or like being around people for long periods of time in person so i've definitely found it very difficult to market in person but that's interesting that you would mention that because that does seem like a really good way to get it out there i'll tell you this and this is a good tip if you're doing it outside of like business like your job like out of job place like job and every place where they're looking at eye contact there's gonna be some people who really don't give a crap about eye contact you're talking to one of them right now, obviously, but there's going to be others who are like, eh, he's got bad eye contact, but I live with it. I can live with it. Trust me. I met people who are like that, too. Do you have anything else you wanted to you wanted to talk about today? Anything else you wanted to add? Uh, well, thank you for having me on, first of all. And Of course. If you want to check me out, you can find me on Podbean, Spotify, YouTube. If you think I'm there, I'm probably there. Your favorite media platform. And I'm pretty sure if you Google search me, you'll find something, too. I've marketed it enough and I never shut up about it. So it's got me a lot of online uh, news sources. So since that, there's probably something. Awesome. Well, I definitely suggest everyone to check you out. I haven't personally listened to any full episodes of your podcast yet. I just haven't gotten around to it, but I definitely will. Have you checked any parts? I'm just curious. I, I think I actually listened to part of it the other day while doing homework but I wasn't really listening if I'm being completely honest I put on background noise when I do schoolwork, so I kind of used it for some background noise at one point you're totally fine on that I, I was just telling you you're fine on that but um yeah definitely I will check check you out if you if anyone listening today doesn't know we are also on all platforms. The Nerd Ever Snores podcast is on YouTube and stuff. And um, the Spotify, we have an Instagram, that kind of thing. So if you're finding this on a whim, definitely check out his stuff. Check out our stuff. And um, have a great day, night, afternoon, everyone. And I will catch you in the next one. Do you want to say goodbye? Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners. Have a great one out there. <laughs>